0: Could former Stanley Cup winner Mike Babcock re-enter the NHL ranks, and could he do so as the next head coach of the New York Rangers? And would the Rangers have any interest in proven regular season winner Bruce Boudreaux? We debate on today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 828 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first listen. Purchase And as I just mentioned a second ago, going to uh, continue our offseason series here where we're looking at different candidates to be the head coach of the New York Rangers. And we continue uh, doing so with Mike Babcock and then Bruce Boudreaux. And we'll go ahead and start with uh, Mike Babcock here. Babcock, uh, you know, a hockey lifer. He's now 60 years old. Uh, has coached 17 seasons in the NHL with the Ducks the Red Wings, and the Leafs. I always think of him more uh, as the Red Wings coach. He spent the most time there, and that's just the team that I closely associate him with. That's, of course, also the team uh, with which he won a Stanley Cup. And for his career, uh, Babcock with a record of 700, 148, 19, and 164. 164, excuse me. So that's just an excellent track record there. Uh, He spent, to kind of just go through his whole coaching career here, two seasons with the Ducks. Once again, 10 seasons with the Red Wings and then five seasons with the Maple Leafs and has had success pretty much everywhere, I would say, except for Toronto. With the Ducks, he actually got them to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2002-2003. That was his first season as the head coach of the Ducks and they lost in seven games to the New Jersey Devils. The Ducks were a seven seed that year, swept the Red Wings in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, they obviously had quite the Cinderella run there. Um, But then in his second year as the Ducks head coach, they missed the playoffs. He quickly resurfaces with the Detroit Red Wings in 2005-2006. He got the Red Wings to the playoffs in all 10 seasons that he spent there. Of course, Detroit had that uh, crazy streak where they uh, just made the playoffs year after year after year. I forget what the final count was, but uh, it was something pretty absurd, and it obviously came to an end uh, in recent seasons here. Uh, But he was there for a good chunk of that, and of course, he won the Stanley Cup with the Red Wings in 2007-2008, which was his third season in Detroit. Uh, They beat the Penguins in the finals that year. The following year, they get back to the Stanley Cup finals, but this time they lose the Penguins. And of course, at that time, Detroit was still a Western Conference team. Uh, They had not yet moved over to the Eastern Conference. But at that point in his career, uh, Babcock is six seasons into his NHL career as a head coach, you know, two with Anaheim, and then four with Detroit three times in his first six seasons, he got his team to the Stanley cup Finals. So obviously this is somebody who had uh, immediate success. And of course uh, the one championship with Detroit, the first of the two years uh, that they made it to the finals. Uh, then after his 10 seasons with Detroit, he immediately becomes the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And from his first through his fifth seasons in Toronto, uh, the Leafs missed the playoffs. Uh, that was the first year, the second year they lost in the first round Third year, they lost in the first round. Fourth year, they lost in the first round. And then uh, Babcock was fired in the middle of the fifth season after that. And uh, that leads me into, we're not going to talk about this quite yet, but uh, the reasons for which he was fired as head coach of Toronto. Uh, One thing I'll say about Babcock here, though, is, you know, for Ranger fans that are looking for this team to become bigger, tougher, more physical, whatever it might be, Babcock may not necessarily be your guy because he's kind of known for being uh, the head coach of teams that were kind of built around skill and puck possession, not so much, you know, the toughness and the snarl and the physicality and all that stuff. Obviously, uh, he won despite that. Um, But, you know, between Detroit, obviously they have some tremendously talented players there. And uh, Toronto, you know, a lot of the star players that are on Toronto right now were there when Babcock was the coach. And, um, you know, again, teams that are more known for skill and speed and puck possession as, as opposed to the physical stuff. Um, but one thing that I think Babcock has working in his favor is you just kind of hope, you know, given that uh, he tends to get the most out of his skill players, that he would be able to unlock some things in some current players that are on the reindeer roster. Uh, the first names that come to mind for me are, you know, Capo Caco, Philip Hedel Alexi Lafreniere, and uh, probably in the not too distant future, guys like Will Cooley, guys like Brian Hoffman. These guys are talented players, but uh, in the case of the three kids from the kid line, uh, they have another level to get to. You would have to think, I mean, I know Philip Hedel kind of broke out this year, but even Heedle, I think, you know, can probably get to another level and certainly uh, Caco and Lafreniere can as well. And, you know, obviously, whenever Cooley and Offman are around, um, kind of the same deal there. You're hoping that he can unlock something in them. And, I mean, you're also hoping that uh, he can reach Artemi Panarin when it comes to Stanley Cup playoff time. Uh, because as we've discussed on here, it's been well-documented by pretty much everybody that uh, covers or watches the Rangers or whatever it might be. Uh, Artemi Panarin just did not have much of anything in the playoffs this year. And you're hoping that, you know, Babcock, if he was the uh, the coach for the Rangers, that he can... Um, you know, come in here and reach Artemi Panarin and get him to a whole new level uh, come Stanley Cup playoff time. i uh, going to continue to talk about Babcock and his credentials and, you know, the question of whether or not he could end up being the next head coach of the New York Rangers. And we'll do all that in just a second here. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode... Of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you're about to have. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance, GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you definitely want to come back in tomorrow's episode. I'm leaning toward uh, doing a mailbag episode. You know, obviously, a lot of Ranger fans, very passionate, and uh, there's a lot of hot-button topics right now about, you know, everything that happened in the playoff series against the Devils, uh, what changes the Rangers could make. Is anybody going to get traded? You know, is a big name going to be on the way out of New York this offseason? And certainly, what we're talking about today, and that is, of course, who will be the next head head coach of the New York Rangers. A lot of Ranger fans have a lot of uh, very passionate opinions on this. And I just want to kind of get the pulse of Ranger Nation and, you know, see what you guys are thinking and what you're saying about all these different topics. But for today, let's keep everything rolling here. I want to continue talking about Mike Babcock. Uh, So obviously, you know, the most recent thing that happened to him in the NHL was he was fired by the Toronto Maple Leafs in the middle of year five there. And then reports surfaced uh, that it was largely because former players had accused him of uh, basically bullying techniques. And you know, there are a few different examples that I can share here. There was a former defenseman, Mike Commodore, uh, kind of a longstanding rivalry with Babcock. They were together both in Anaheim and in Detroit. Uh, Commodore alleges that uh, Babcock had just kind of a, a personal vendetta against him and held him back as a result of that. Uh, Johan Franzen, this is the one that really kind of uh, made you know national news as far as you know in the hockey world here. But Johan Franzen uh, played for Babcock in Detroit, uh, and when asked about Babcock, Franzen was complimentary of, you know, his his ability to coach a team and uh, his ability to prepare for for hockey games and what have you. But uh, he also called him a terrible man, the worst person I've ever met. Uh, he also accused that Babcock verbally abused him. Uh, Chris Chelios, who was a teammate of Franzen with Detroit, uh, backed up Franzen's claims and, and said that it was true. Chelios said that Babcock, quote-unquote, verbally assaulted Franzen uh, during a playoff series in Detroit. And uh, this is what Franzen had to say about the entire, uh, you know, tenure that he was with Mike Babcock. I get the shivers when I think about it. That incident occurred against Nashville in the playoffs. It was coarse, nasty, and shocking, but that was just one of 100 things he did, the tip of the iceberg. And uh, in 2018, Franzen also revealed that he had been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, also dealt with severe anxiety, depression, and panic attacks, and was, once again, uh, quote-unquote, terrified of being at the rink after the first time that, that Babcock really laid into him. And, you know, for his full quote here, this is what Franzen said, he's a terrible person, the worst I have ever met. He's a bully who was attacking people. It could be a cleaner at the arena in Detroit or anybody he would lay into people without any reason. And so a lot to unpack here. I mean, I I know there's going to be people that say, well, you know, that's old school coaching and and that's just how it was back in the day. And, you know, Babcock, he's as old school as they come. And, you know, he's doing that to push his players and this, that, and the other thing. Look, I get that as a coach, especially in the NHL, where you're dealing with adults and not like high school kids or anything like that. Um, Yeah, at times, I think you do have to, you know, make it clear who's in charge and lay into your team and, and push them a little bit. And clearly Babcock is not shy about doing that. But to me, there are limits. You can't be verbally berating somebody to the point where you're causing or you at least have a hand in causing. Uh, what were what all the symptoms here? Severe anxiety, depression and panic attacks. To me, that's taking it just a little bit too far. And, uh, you know, I was not there. But the fact that, you know, Franzen has has said this and that, uh, you know, Chelios kind of backed up the accusations. I mean, I think where there's smoke, there's fire here. Uh, as far as Babcock's response to this, he said nothing can hurt you more than something like this. Your whole plan as a coach and your plan as a parent is to provide the best opportunity for everybody to be the best they can be, and that's what you do to have success, and you can't have success year after year in any league without a good environment. It just doesn't happen. Um, so you know, again, there's two sides to every story, but there were a lot of stories uh, about Babcock coming out like this. Uh, there was another really weird one when he was with Detroit, and and Babcock does not deny this one at all. hasn't sugarcoated it or anything like that. Basically, just you know, admitted that it was true. Um, so Mitch Marner, he asked Mitch Marner to make a list of all of his Toronto Maple Leaf teammates, and he wanted Marner to rank them from you know best work ethic to I guess worse work work ethic. And Marner, you know, did what his coach told him. And then Babcock, without telling Marner, shared this list with the entire team. That's just detrimental to your team. I mean, are, are you trying to cause, you know, a lack of uh, camaraderie in the locker room? Are you trying to cause issues? Are you trying to cause drama? I'm just not really sure what the point of that would be. And it's not fair to somebody like Mitch Marner. It's just a weird thing to have him do in the first place. But then to share the list with the teammates, uh, that's even more ridiculous. Um, for what it's worth, he did... Um, apologize to Marner for that and, uh, admit that he was wrong in doing it. Um, you know, Babcock and all these things we just talked about, they all vary in terms of, you know, seriousness and everything. Um, Babcock is a mental health, uh, advocate. He's done work with, uh, numerous mental health, uh, groups over the years. Um, so, I mean, there is that he does have that working in his favor, but obviously, you know, somebody that when all these reports came to light, as good of a coach as he's been, and as much success as he's had, and, of course, taking uh, or going to the Stanley Cup three different times, the Stanley Cup finals, um, teams weren't exactly lining up around the block to hire him as their next head coach. Now, it has been five years, I believe, since he's coaching the NHL. It's possible that, um, you know, he gets another chance here. It could be with the Rangers. I mean, we'll see. Uh, he did spend one coach as the head coach one season as head coach of the University of Saskatchewan, uh, but he announced his retirement after that one season. Now, did he really retire or was that just kind of a way of resigning nicely and saying I'm retiring? And uh, would he listen if an NHL team gave him a call, uh, Rangers or otherwise? Um, It's an interesting question and one that I'm sure only Mike Babcock right now uh, can answer. Is he my top choice to become uh, the next head coach of the New York Rangers after everything that we've just discussed here? Uh, To be quite honest, Not really, no. Um, You've got the whole bullying situation, and yes, he had a lot of success early in his career. I mentioned uh, a minute ago about how his first six seasons as an NHL head coach, he got to the finals three times, and of course, won in the finals the one year um, with Detroit, and and won a Stanley Cup there. Uh, But His second half of his career, a little bit of a different story in terms of the success or lack thereof that he has had Uh, in his last seven years as a coach, which includes his last two years with Detroit, as well as all five years that he spent with uh, with Toronto there. Um, he did not win a single playoff series in any of those seven years combined. And, of course, the fifth and final year with Toronto, he never got the chance because he was fired before they ever got there. Um, But still, I mean, that's that's quite the drop-off for a coach that was used to making deep playoff runs and uh, honestly used to taking his team to the Stanley Cup Finals. That almost became commonplace uh, for Babcock, at least for a little while there. Um, But, again, I think the biggest thing Babcock has in his favor, um, if you're a fan of this move or you think he should be the guy for the Rangers, is... Once again, a lot of the teams that he's won with had very high skill levels, and there are some players on the Rangers who are believed to be very skilled players who show flashes of it, whether it's Lafreniere, Katko, Hedl, a couple other guys as well, but we just don't see it consistently enough. and. You know, Artemi Panarin in the playoffs, I think, is a good example of that as well. So I I think it's at least possible that uh, for that reason, you know, Babcock could be a good hire. Maybe he helps get some of those players uh, to that next level. I think that's the best thing that Babcock uh, has going for him as it pertains to him maybe being the next coach of the Rangers. Um, But, you know, again, we don't even know if he wants to coach, if he'd be interested in the job. Uh, A lot of questions have to be answered there. And uh, again, he's not going to be at the top of my list. I can see making a case for him. Um, but you know we're just got to wait and see how it all shakes out. To me, he's not really a favorite, but uh, somebody to maybe at least keep an eye on. Uh, one other thing I want to mention here is a couple people have kind of been running with the idea um, that you know they they shouldn't hire a coach. The Rangers shouldn't hire a coach that's already won a Stanley Cup because no Stanley Cup uh, or no coach has won a Stanley Cup with two different teams. And I'm not really all that concerned about that. I'm going to explain why in just a second. And we're also going to talk about Bruce Boudreaux and uh, the possibility of uh, of him potentially becoming the next head coach of the New York Rangers as well. We'll do all that good stuff in just a second here. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens, which I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. Now I've been on it for about a year and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health nervous system immune system energy recovery focus and aging it is lifestyle friendly whether you eat keto paleo vegan dairy free or gluten free it costs you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and it is cheaper than your cold brew habit athletic greens has over 7,000 five star reviews right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it All right, we're going to keep everything rolling here. We're going to get to Bruce Boudreaux in just a second and you know, talk about his credentials, his track record, and uh, whether he could be a good fit or reasons why he might not be a good fit to be the next head coach as the New York Rangers. But as I mentioned just a second ago, um, there's certain Ranger fans, and you know, I'm sure there's fans in general that do this as well, but they're, they're kind of grabbing onto this narrative right now that no... Uh, coach in NHL history has won the Stanley Cup with two separate teams. I really don't care about that stat at all. I honestly could not possibly care less. First of all, it's one of those things sooner or later, it's eventually going to happen. You will have somebody that wins the Stanley Cup with two different teams, but The idea that, like, it can't happen or that somebody wins the Stanley Cup somewhere else and that means they're less likely to win it with a new team, uh, to me, that just doesn't really make any sense. Um, Now, listen, if you would rather the Rangers go with somebody who's never been a head coach in the NHL just to get some fresh blood and give somebody else a chance, um, you can certainly make that case. If you want to go with uh, somebody that's never won a Stanley Cup in the past despite coaching in the NHL, like, uh, say, Bruce Boudreaux, for example, uh, you can make that case as well. I've got no issues with that whatsoever. But the idea that, like— the Rangers would be, that like, there's no way they could win a Stanley Cup if they hired a head coach who's already won a Stanley Cup. Uh, to me, that's just nonsensical. It's not It's not something that really makes any sense. Like I said, sooner or later, uh, it will happen. And I don't think coaches that win a Stanley Cup with one team suddenly become less likely to win it with another team. It, that that argument just doesn't really uh, hold any water, at least for me. Um, but anyway, turning our attention to Bruce Boudreaux here, uh, 68 years old, has spent 16 seasons coaching in the NHL with the Capitals, Ducks, Wild, and most recently, uh, the Canucks, he played 141 games in the NHL and uh, has quite the track record here. His career record in the NHL with, once again, Ducks, or no, Caps, Ducks, Wild, and Canucks, 6'17", 342, and 128, and he also reached 200 regular season career wins faster than any other coach in the modern era. Uh, He has never had a losing season before this most recent season that he spent with the Canucks uh, in which he was fired just this past season uh, right in the middle of the year there. I, I think the big knock on Boudreaux is that his teams do not do very well in the playoffs like at all. Uh, his his track record in the playoffs, frankly, is a little bit scary. Um, five seasons with the Capitals. That was his first stop as an NHL head coach uh, under Boudreaux. The Capitals got past the first round only twice in those five years, and they never made it past the second round. Uh, Then you've got five seasons that he spent with the Anaheim Ducks. They got past the first round only twice in his five years there. Uh, He reached his first conference finals in 2014-2015. That's also his only appearance in the conference finals uh, to date, just that one season. Um, and the Ducks were eliminated by the Blackhawks that season, once again in 2014-2015. And the other kind of dubious stat that uh, Boudreau and company put together there in Anaheim is that they lost four straight Game 7s in four consecutive seasons, and all four were in Anaheim. All four were on home ice. So, I don't know about you guys, and I know that you know what he did in Anaheim years ago, it shouldn't matter that much, um, at least with something like this, uh, for what he would do in New York. But if the Rangers are playing a Game 7 at home in Madison Square Garden with Bruce Boudreaux as the coach, it's going to have a little bit of an ominous feel to it. It's not to say that like they're doomed. They can't possibly win the game. Boudreaux never win a home Game 7 or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it, it would be a little bit ominous. I, I think that's the best word for it. Um, but then he spent four seasons with the Minnesota Wild, um, made the playoffs only twice, never got past the first round there, was fired in the middle of his fourth season. And then these last two seasons with the Vancouver Canucks, Uh, He missed the playoffs his first year. Then he was fired in the middle of his second season. I will say this. The way the Canucks uh, handled this with Boudreaux this past season was complete and utter garbage. Uh, They basically let it slip that they were looking to replace him, which, I mean, either do it or don't do it. And it it kind of became—I don't know if this is ever 100% confirmed, but it began very much to look like what they were doing. You know, the Canucks were obviously struggling last year. They lost their first seven games and, and, you know, obviously had a bad season. But when they were about to fire Boudreaux— They basically were waiting for the Canucks to get out of a tough part of their schedule. You know, they were playing the Avalanche, and there was another team that was really good in there, too. They were waiting for that to happen to then fire Boudreaux and then bring in his replacement so that his replacement could, you know, start fresh with, you know, an easy uh, collection of opponents that were coming up. And Boudreaux handled it about as well as he could. Uh, that, that's one thing you have to like about Bedreau. He's a class act. By all accounts, his players love him. Uh, the fan bases love him everywhere he goes. I know in Vancouver, they would they would play whoop, there it is, and they would chant Bruce, there it is for him. Uh, so it sounds like, you know, despite everything not really going very well in Vancouver while he was there, and obviously the team's struggling a little bit, it sounds like uh, mostly his players supported him. And I think, you know, Bedreau... He had the court of public opinion certainly in his favor as well because of the way the Canucks handled his firing, which, like I said, was absolute garbage. Um, You know, Honestly, even if you want to just get through that tough part of your schedule and then fire him, I mean, to me, have some conviction, like fire him right away and get your new coach in there and let him go up against the good teams, right? Um, But the the biggest mistake that they made was just uh, volunteering the information that they were looking to replace him while he was still the coach there. And then they allowed him to continue coaching games continued coaching against all these tough teams. The Canucks kept losing. And then finally, they they ultimately did fire him. But it's a very strange situation. Uh, but like I said, Boudreau took it all in stride. He was actually, he added some humor to it, you know, during a couple of his press conferences. The one, he got pretty emotional. Um, the other one, you know, he, he was kind of joking like, I'll see you guys tomorrow, I hope, you know, because he at that point, I mean, he didn't know when, when the sword was going to fall. Um, but like I said, it was just a garbage way for them to treat him uh, on the way out. Um, but The other thing, and I've kind of alluded to this already, that must be said about Bruce Boudreaux, a little bit of a player's coach, you know, and who does that remind you of? Yeah, that would be Gerard Gallant, the guy that the Rangers uh, just mutually parted with. Um, So... You know, to me, if you're going to go with Bruce Boudreaux and everything we know about him, you might as well just stick with Gerard Gallant because it sounds like they're both kind of players' coaches. And if the Rangers weren't responding to Gallant at the end there, uh, what makes me think that they're going to respond to Bruce Boudreaux, who seems to conduct himself uh, in a similar way? The only difference is that Gallant has had more playoff success over the years uh, than has Bruce Boudreaux. So to me, that would just be a downgrade. And uh, I mean, honestly, and I'm not saying this is an insult. Bruce Boudreau kind of feels like a little bit of a poor man's Gerard Gallant. It's just kind of, it's a lateral move at best. It doesn't really change anything as far as uh, the coaching approach and how they deal with their players, being players, coaches. So to me, it just doesn't really uh, make that much sense. But the one thing you cannot take away from Bruce Boudreaux, the guy is loved um, by, you know, obviously different, um, different players that he's had and uh, different fan bases. Uh, this is what Andrew Cogliano had to say about it. He played for Boudreaux in Anaheim. He's done a good job throughout the league. We had a lot of success in Anaheim, and I attribute a lot of my success in the league to him. I love him. And uh, he's certainly not alone in his sentiments for for Bruce Boudreaux. And I got to be honest, I don't think Boudreaux, kind of like Babcock, they're not going to be at the top of my list. Um, but you know what? you know, they're coaching retreads. That's kind of the reason why, but uh, I'm sure, look, if the Rangers want to at least do their due diligence, talk to Bruce Boudreau. I'm cool with that too. Um, like I said, if I'm being completely honest, I just don't think either him or Babcock kind of for different reasons would be all that close to the top of my list. But uh, that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to locked on NY at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on NY at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well. At LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore ny underscore rangers and definitely subscribe to the locked on new York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again guys. I'll see you next time.